This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. What's your favorite barnyard animal? Uh, favorite barnyard animal, cows. What do you love about cows? I like that their milk is tasty and that their meat is tasty. Oh, that took a turn. Welcome to Overdue. This is a podcast about the books even meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. And most animals are only important to me insofar as they produce and are tasty things. <laughs> Most animals or most farm animals? Mm, like, like, how do you, you feel about I'll otters? You, I'll let you be the judge. Oh, I don't know. Are otters good? I don't. If I get an otter taco, is it good? I don't think Does people it taste good? eat otter tacos. People eat everything. Bears eat otter tacos. People eat everything. Hmm. Can you imagine a bear going down to the mission and getting like an otter burrito and being a big snob about it that would be that would be that would be wacky i want to meet a hipster silicon valley bear that would be a wacky wacky situation yeah uh speaking of wacky situations we're here to talk about books we're here to yeah, read can books. you imagine a podcast all about just that yeah because <laughs> we got one we've been doing it for a long time Mm-hmm. Um, and we are going to talk about Charlotte's Web, mm-hmm. which is a book by E.B. White yep. that I've never read before. I was surprised. I don't know how you made it out of childhood without reading. I don't know. Did you read any E.B. White? Because I know what you read The Elements of Style, right, for the show so, like a million years ago. Yeah, or- so first, thanks to Jordan for... Uh, donating to the show and making us read this book um <laughs> also in episode 15 i read uh strunk and white's wow, elements dang. of style dang and i said that i had never read charlotte's web and andrew said quote that should be your next episode <laughs> i was off by f- almost five years but we finally got there we finally got there Pretty i don't know big. i don't think i ever read Stuart little i think i did a, no that was an aa milne play that wasn't eb white so maybe i just never read eb white before other than his editing of a dude's thoughts on grammar so you never you never read Stuart Little, published in 1945. You never read Charlotte's Web, obviously published in 1952. And you never read The Trumpet of a Swan, which was published in 1970. That's a tough one because I feel like I have, but I couldn't tell you anything about it, which means that I haven't read it. Have you seen the movie Stuart Little where I'm pretty sure Gina Davis gives birth to a mouse? <laughs> no not i do think i saw the cartoon movie of charlotte's web i don't think they've okay. made a non-cartoon movie um actually I hope not. there oh, was a gosh. live action film version 
in uh, 2006. Okay. Which I think is a little late to the babe wave, but it's, oh, the you babe know, wave. whatever. You know, that babe wave? Yeah. All the, where all the movies were about talking pigs. It's true. It's for true. For just like three years. That's not true. I made that up. That's, a funny, end of that's the, a funny joke. The end of the 90s was a wild time for animal movies. Nobody knew what they were doing. No. Except lots of animal movies. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was, a, there was an animated Hanna-Barbera cartoon, but more importantly, there was in 2003, 30 years later, there was a direct-to-video sequel by Paramount called Charlotte's Web 2 Wilbur's Great Adventure. Stop. <laughs> That's not even... <laughs> Charlotte's Web 2. Two. Is, wait, is Charlotte okay? So spoilers for Charlotte's Web, but she dies at the end. So the Charlotte's Web two, how do you do it without Charlotte? Yeah, do all her. All right, I don't know how you do it because it's Will's like adventure. Any, like, so like when like, you write a book, you'd start at the end and you work backwards. So that's what we'll do for this podcast. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. So let's talk about Owen Brooks White, who okay. was born in eighteen ninety nine and died in nineteen eighty five. Mm-hmm. He grew up in New um, York. Our second author in a row to suffer from Alzheimer's That's disease. Sad. So That's sad. Keep on, keep that streak going. I guess that's a fun Just streak. Donate to research and help people who suffer from the disease. It's yeah. a sucky one. Yeah. Um, Ellen Brooks White uh, was a contributor to the New Yorker for for over fifty years, and also he wrote a lot of books. Yeah. And the elements of style. He was so um Charlotte's Webb won um the Newberry Medal from the ALA when it was published, but a lot of the awards that he won were sort of cumulative career awards. So in seventy eight sure. he won a special Pulitzer Prize um for his letters, essays, and the full body of his work. Um Presidential Medal of Freedom in nineteen sixty three. And then um, he, there was another award. He he um, was the U.S. nominee and eventual runner-up for the biennial Hans Christian Andersen Award. Yes, true. Um, all yeah, and uh, won the Laura Ingalls Wilder Medal from uh, professional children's librarians in 1970, and that was for his substantial and lasting contributions to children's literature. Yes, uh, so, a lot of stuff. This book was a follow-up in a way to a, I guess, I, th- I think it was a book he wrote called Death of a Pig, uh-huh. which was an account of his own failure to save a sick pig. <laughs> and uh, he decided he met a spider that he, sure. that he called Charlotte, uh, and then, because it was a gray cross spider, and then he re- he learned that there was a different name for it, so he gave the Charlotte spider in this book uh, the middle name Arania, uh, Charlotte Arania Cavatica. Who among us has failed to save a pig and then met a spider and written a book about it? <laughs> Who among us? That's very true. Uh, um, I, the book has been it was well received and has been beloved basically since it was published. So it's not one of those things where it only became well known later. Yeah. A lot of people love this book. Obviously, there are a lot of smash hit movies about it. <laughs> <laughs> I did look up the uh the illustrator, Garth Williams, 
Um, yeah, there's a wild fact that I found about him where when he first turned in the illustrations for the book, Charlotte had a woman's face. Whoa. And E.B. And e. White was like, why don't you just make it a spider, my dude? What? <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, right? That The other fact I found, so he also did Stuart Little and he did the new edition of the Little House books in the, in 1947. Mm-hmm. Um, Ironically, the women in those books have spider faces. It's a weird edition of those stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, there was public outcry when he wrote and drew this book called The Rabbit's Wedding that was about two different rabbits who meet each other and they, you know, they have some apprehensions and then they get married. Well, one rabbit is white and one rabbit is black. And wouldn't you know that Alabama politicians got it banned um, for promoting... Interracial marriage, and what Williams. Year was I mean, not that it matters, but what year was this? Let me double check while I tell you it's, that I'm just saying, like it's horrible in any year, but 1958. I'm to, okay, I was trying to, I wasn't trying to divine whether it was horrible. I was trying to divine whether it was surprising, and uh, uh, I guess not for 1958 in Alabama that so that sucks yeah and he his quote he said I was completely unaware that animals with white furs such as white polar bears and white dogs and white rabbits were considered blood relations of white human beings (laughs) so he just (sighs) he didn't really he wasn't like that's exactly my point get off my case he was just like I drew some animals I actually kind of was inspired by Chinese art that had different color horses. Yeah, maybe what you're reading into this says more about you than it does about me. Correct. Have, you, have you considered that, you racist idiot? Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. And then old, the old last, white dudes are cool as usual. The Just last keeping it cool. neat fact I want to share, Andrew, did you know that uh, Charlotte's Web is also the name of a, like, weed product a dietary supplement a cannabis extract what kind of weed product is a dietary supplement it well it's marketed as a dietary supplement it is okay there you go it is a high cannabidiol low tetrahydrocannabidol so it has same has high (laughs) cbd and low thc so it doesn't induce a psychoactive high which okay um but it, I guess it was discovered to have these uses in 2006. It was named after a young girl named Charlotte who was like at the age of five or six. They started giving it to her to help her with epileptic seizures and it seemed to work. And then someone made a CNN documentary about it. And it seems like maybe it's a cure-all, but also it's just like weed oil and it's calming a kid down and making her feel better. <laughs> but... I like that it's called Charlotte's Web. That's a good, it's a good, I f- <laughs> what is it with children's fiction and <laughs> drug names, like, always being the same? <laughs> Why do people keep doing that? Well, there's, there's like, an illicit subversion to it, right? You took this, like, revered children's book that, while, when we get into the nuts and bolts of the story, it is not an unwholesome story, but it is certainly a story with some gravity that you wouldn't be like, oh, just a pig having some fun. Yeah, um, right. So you're not subverting that part of it, but you're subverting the, like, treasured childhood nature of it by, like, uh-huh. naming your dank herb, like, you know, or your mushrooms, like, 
hop on the bridge to Terabithia. Let's go. Right, yeah. And my favorite part of Charlotte's Web is when Charlotte spins 420 Blaze 1 into the web above Wilbur. <laughs> Yeah, we're we'll get we'll get into how Templeton helps her find her, her writing materials mm-hmm. um and what could have happened if he'd found different materials. So mm-hmm. you remember this story pretty well, yeah. I do, yeah. I I read it I haven't read it as an adult, I don't think, but as a kid I read it a bunch of times. Okay. Um now I don't think I ever read um Trumpet of the Swan or Stuart Little. No. But I did read this one a bunch. Okay. So you help me if I get off track because I think and we're I have just seen dive I've seen the the, the original cartoon also, but I sure. don't. The only part of that I remember is the trippy scene where Templeton goes to the fair and like eats everything. Yeah, Templeton the rat is kind of wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the book opens with uh the eight the arable family, um, okay, and uh the young daughter Fern. She's if the if this book weren't about a talking pig, she'd be our main character. <laughs> right. For an arable would be. And uh Papa got a he had a brand new bag and it's full of a litter of pigs. And it's full of pigs. He notes that one of those pigs is a runt, so he's gonna take an axe and he's gonna kill it because you can't do anything with a runt pig. So page right. the one, point is for them to be big and tasty. Yes. Well, and also it's not there's not going to be enough like of the hog's milk for it. It's just going to die anyway. Like let's just get it out of the way. That's page 1. Dad <laughs> literally uh like I need an axe. I'm going to go kill this pig. And on page 2 there's a drawing of Fern like wrestling her dad and his axe. Well, like it's pretty great. Um, it's such a cliche to start your book with <laughs> killing a pig, and she convinces him that that this pig needs to live, and she's going to take care of it. She's going to call it Wilbur. It's going to live in the house, and he's like, "All right, you you deal with it, and you'll That's... see how much owning a pig sucks." I guess. Yeah, that sounds worse than killing it. <laughs> uh, we do meet uh, Fern's mom, Mrs. Arable. And we also meet uh, her brother, Avery, who when we are first introduced to him, he comes into the room. He's 10 years old and he is heavily armed. He has an air rifle in one hand and a wooden dagger in the next. And he looks next. like he just got back from the war. Like Avery well, has seen looks, some stuff. Yeah, he looks really disillusioned. Yeah, and he's mostly there just to kind of give Fern some what fours. He doesn't really He's a real he's a real piece of work as I recall. Yeah, there's like one scene where he he almost ruins everything. But other than that, he's he's not Oh, just the one scene. Just the one scene. Uh so like Wilbur has a cool life with Fern. She's taking care of him. He starts growing. They build him a little box to live in the yard in, which is like neat cuz none of the other pigs get a little box. Mm-hmm. Um but then he gets too big. And he's what they call, I think they call him a spring pig. Is he a spring pig? I think a spring pig is correct. Yes. Um, And Papa decides to sell Wilbur to Uncle Homer Zuckerman, who in my (laughs) notes, I kept writing Zuckerberg, and that just seems fine. (laughs) Um, They're going to sell Wilbur to Uncle Zuckerberg for six Mm -hmm. whole dollars. 
and okay. I wrote down, I can't buy a sandwich for $6. <laughs> yeah, especially if it has pork on it. Inflation, am I right? Pork's a pricey meat. Pork dumplings are 6 bucks. Like, Yeah, jeez. These prices nowadays, these kids. In this um, economy? <laughs> I'm trying to say that more. Can you help me? <laughs> okay. I'll keep in an eye economy? out. this economy? For opportunities for you to say, in this economy. All right, awesome. So Wilbur goes to live at the farm. And Fern can come visit him at Uncle Uncle Homer's farm. And Uncle Homer has a wife named Edith. He has a farmhand named Lurvy. <laughs> L-U-R-V-Y. That's so. That's such a pretty name. It's he's kind of a yokel in Is a lovable way. Is that short for anything or like a maybe like Love anything? It or something? Or okay. Lerald or or um, Lurvington. Lurvington. Yeah. <laughs> Lervington Irving, yeah. Um, so he's there, and we we go a little ways in the book, and then all of a sudden, we're at the barn. He's in like a a pen in the basement. He being Wilbur and Wilbur, not, not Lurvy. They okay. don't keep Lurvy in the barn. Lurvy's web. <laughs> uh, and he's living in the basement, and he's all alone. And it's like an afternoon in June, and Fern had Fern hadn't shown up to just like stare at him all day like she does. And all of a sudden, Wilbur just starts thinking. This is 17 pages in the book. The book, of course, is about a pig because uh, the pig's on the cover, but it has not like prepped you for animals talking. It's not like walking you through like them having a language or anything. It's just all of a sudden, this pig is like, "There's nothing to do around here." Well, that's a, that was a um oh I'm sorry I interrupted you but oh. <laughs> go ahead no go ahead uh, one just the fact about the book that I read was that originally it did start with Wilbur but he decided to start it with Fern instead hmm I can Switches. see why it, yeah. if you start the book either as a kid or I have a couple notes along the way where I think this book works in particular as a story you might read to a kid who's uh-huh. just old enough but still wants to be read to or with. Mm-hmm. Um, introducing Fern the way you do is is really helpful because it gives sure. the, the young reader a character that they can see. Um, but anyway, tell me about this pig talk. The first thing the pig says, he's like kind of bored of his life and he doesn't know what to do and he's kind of bummed about living in the barn and he's like, I'm less than two months old and I'm tired of living. And I just made, I was Man. like, same. Same. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, because all he does, he goes outside in the small yard. And the only thing he can do is go back inside. And when he's inside, all he can do is go out into the barn. And then the the goose is like, well, why don't you just like one of those boards is loose. Like, why don't you just like push it and run for it? And yeah, just, just have, go for it. Wilbur. Just have an adventure. Your great adventure, Wilbur. And so he does, and it's we get this like goofy pig like, adventure, pig chase where Lurvy's trying to catch him, <laughs> and all the. That's animals. my favorite iPhone game. Yeah, catch the pig with Lurvy. Pig, pig chase, uh, and all the animals are yelling at Wilbur like it's the Price is Right. Like they're like, run downhill, run uphill, turn and twist. No, five dollars, two dollars. Like they're just yelling. They're all disagreeing with each other. Um, it's a really fun little scene, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he just has a good time. He's quite a pig. And Zuckerman's like, okay, he's going to be a good pig. Now, what you don't know is that Zuckerman is like, yeah, I'm going to eat that pig. A good pig <laughs> to eat. <laughs> definitely. I'm definitely going to eat that pig. Um, 
And on a rainy day, uh, we are introduced to Templeton. Wilbur is stuck inside. He had a big old plan for the day that's like listed. It's two pages long, and he's really specked out his day. It involves like three different naps, uh, an hour of eating. From three to four, he planned to stand perfectly still and think of what it was like to be alive. <laughs> Wilbur rules. This is, sounds like a pretty good Saturday, actually. It's a pretty good day. But all he wants I'm to do I'm going to take three naps. I'm going <laughs> to eat for an hour. I'm going to stand and just contemplate my existence. Uh, from two to three, he planned to scratch itchy places by rubbing against the fence. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's a Saturday. Still on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is very good. Um, and none of the other animals want to play with him. It's raining outside. And no one wants to have fun. And he like gets really sad. He stops eating. Um, and For just the day, yeah, they give him some okay. medicine. And he's like, oh, I don't I think so. I think it has to be at least a few days before you can call it stopping eating. <laughs> well, he's a pig. He had like five meals planned. If you miss, like, two if you of say them. if if I skip lunch, you can't say that I've stopped eating <laughs> on a hunger strike for an hour. Um, and he uh, he hears a voice before he goes to bed that night. That's like, hey, I'll be your friend. Mm-hmm. And he can't tell where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. So he wakes up the next morning. He's like, oh, man, today I'm going to meet my friend. And mm-hmm. he can't find them. So mm-hmm. he just starts yelling, hey, who was it that told me yesterday that you were going to be my friend? Uh-huh. And all the other animals are like, Wilbur, shut up. You're super weird. We hate you. Stop it. Oh, why do the animals hate Wilbur? I thought they, they don't, liked Wilbur. They don't hate him, but they're like... The oldest sheep is like, if you have a new friend, you're just ruining their day by yelling while they're asleep. Wilbur, like, stop it. Ooh. Um, and then he is introduced to Charlotte, the gray spider. And she says, salutations. And he doesn't know that word, even though he knows a bunch of other words, which animals, I guess. How do pigs learn words? <laughs> How do pigs learn existential Saturdays? I don't know. Um, and she, Charlotte, lives in a web... Uh, up in the like frame of the barn mm-hmm. that he's chilling in, and she's like, "Oh, hey, I'm Charlotte. Um, I'm just hanging up here, uh, and check me out. I'm gonna eat this fly." And she, like a fly, just like wanders into her web, and she wraps it up, and she bites it. And all the while, she's like having a conversation with Wilbur about, "Like, nice to meet you, man. I'm just gonna eat this bug." I don't really eat it. I just bite it, and then I drink all its blood. Hi, I'm Charlotte. I love blood. Do you remember that scene in Game of Thrones where Tywin Lannister is talking to Tyrion, I think, as he butchers a deer? (laughs) This reminds me of that. Yeah, because she's like, uh, he'll make a perfect breakfast, and Wilbur's like, you mean you eat them? And she lists all the bugs that she eats, and she goes delicious of course i don't really eat them i drink them drink their blood i love blood and he's like why would you say that my new friend is a creep and that's kind of their opening vibe he goes to sleep thinking i've got a new friend all right but what a gamble friendship is charlotte is fierce brutal scheming bloodthirsty everything i don't like how can i learn to like her even though she is pretty and of course clever so how do i get out of my 
bubble, my coastal liberal bubble, and become <laughs> friends with this blood-sucking monster. And so he's got a little conundrum. Like, he really wanted a friend, and someone showed up and was like, I'll be your friend, but also I eat stuff. Uh-huh. And this, po- this to me, is like a... It's a telltale thing in speaking animal fiction where a fly never talks in this book, right? A grasshopper never... Like, oh, no... Gr- Excuse me, crickets sing later in the book. So I don't know why we just eat flies. Maybe we just don't live with any carnivores in this book. So maybe it would be different. But that's kind of how animal fiction always breaks down a little bit for me. Like where like some things talk and some things don't. Yeah. Where has the author decided to like make it morally okay to eat this class of animal or this (laughs) animal doesn't have sentience? Uh, Because like. You could make the line at bugs, but Charlotte's sort of a bug, right? Well, I mean, she's an arachnid, so... Well, she's better than bugs, you're right. Uh, mm-hmm. And far prettier, as we know Garth Williams tried to make her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, while he's like, oh my god, can I be friends with Charlotte? Uh, the goose gives us a little hint that Zuckerman might want to eat this pig. Because he's like, yo, this pig doesn't even understand what Christmas time means. Mm-hmm. Christmas time is ham eating time. Um, Anytime's ham eating time. Well, that's but. true. Uh, the sheep says a similar thing as well, and this is like, okay, you thought that you were spared the axe when you were born, Wilbur, but like Homer's hungry and he's coming for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Charlotte, I think he bought this pig just to but <laughs> not to sell, but to butcher and eat himself. Yeah. Well, I guess it's not a sow. Right. This is, is my special. Pig? This is my special future treat. Yeah, that's kind of wild, right? Like, let me buy an animal so that and it will feed it my trash I, food, I, so I, will, I can eat yes. it myself in a year. Or I whatever. will pay. I will buy a bunch of food to feed this animal. Now, yeah, he is feeding it some garbage and leftovers, but I mean, still, like, he is making sure that the pig gets eating worthy. Um, that's a project, right? It's like growing a plant, but it's an animal. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. that's right. You're right. You got it. I should own a farm. Having um, a baby is like growing a plant for 18 years that learns to talk and eventually rebels against you. 18 years. 26 is the new 18. You got to stay Ooh. on that insurance, man. Millennials. Um, but so then Charlotte is like, you know what? This pig was nice to me. It kind of sucks that they want to eat this pig (laughs) i want to save this pig's life i'm gonna figure out a way to save this pig's life save it from being eaten um it deserves it and in between i think her plan and uh yeah in between this decision and her plan is when uh, Avery comes in and almost ruins everything. Jerky, armed to the teeth, Avery. Right. Almost that kills. Kid. Yeah, he sees Charlotte and almost kills her, um, only to fall off the pig trough and like land on a goose egg and it like stink bombs everywhere. So oh, he runs it's like away. A old gross egg. Yeah. Like the goose had a bunch of eggs and one of them was literally a stinker. I do remember this. Um, this all stink egg. But on the way, you get this little interlude where Fern and Avery are like playing at the at the farm, 
and it's remarked that Zuckerman has the best swing in the country. And this is the first section where I was like, oh, this is a good book for kids because it's like talking about how exciting swinging is. Um, and it um. gives <laughs> what? But it does it in a way that's like that's like oh, not like not swinging. No, <laughs> no, not like the movie Swiggers mm-hmm. with John Favreau. No, the the act of being on a rope swing and like right, flying. Yeah. No, through that's the air. that's pretty good. Yes, and it's like you climbed a ladder to the hayloft. Then, holding the rope, you stood at the edge and looked down and were scared and dizzy. Then you straddled the knot so that it acted as a seat. Then you got up all your nerve, took a deep breath, and jumped. For a second, you seemed to be falling to the barn floor far below, but then suddenly the rope would begin to catch you, and you would sail through the barn door going a mile a minute with the wind whistling in your eyes and ears and hair. And it goes on from there, but it's this like, oh, yeah, this is a thing that, like, I would love swinging when I was a kid. I broke my foot swinging. <laughs> well, you but, broke your foot? Yeah. Were you, like, jumping out of the swing like you're oh, not supposed to? Oh, yeah. Of course I, you were. I right. jumped out of a swing and landed on the side of my foot and, like, got a hairline fracture over the top of my foot. Yikes. Uh, and I then I had to be in a play where I was in Benjamin Franklin's time, and I had this big honking cast, and it didn't make any sense. You could just like limped around and pretended you had gout or something. Well, that that was a whole song that I was not in. <laughs> There's but the whole gout song. There was a gout song in that. The gout sang. <laughs> the gout is called "Frankly Franklin." It's a musical about Benjamin Franklin, and there is oh a like eleventh hour doubt song where his gout sings to him about what a failure he is. Mm. And when the kids sang it. Uh, at in our school, uh, he was the gout. He just wore orange sweatpants and a sweatshirt. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Okay, I love Frankly Franklin. Sure. Um. So they saved Charlotte's <laughs> life with the stink bomb, and again, like they're they're wondering how they're going to save this pig, and then they wake up the next morning, and Charlotte's been working hard. And she drew in her web the words, some pig, exclamation point. As compliments go, how would you rate some pig? It's, in context of this book, it's pretty good. Like Because it's like G. Willikers, it's the 30s or whatever, some pig. That's, that's some, some pig. That is some pig. Like, it is the, it is like a, it is very much a pig. Like the pig, I think it harkens back to earlier in the book when they're chasing him around the the field, and they're like, "Wow, that was a good pig." He just wow, that was some home. pig. Yeah, that was some pig. So um, you don't think it was like she was gonna write "awesome pig" and got tired? No, <laughs> no, I don't think that's the case. Um, but Lurvy sees it first, and he like his first reaction is to drop to his knees and pray, and then Zuckerman All sees right, it. Lurvy. And then Zuckerman sees it and he's like, oh gosh, this is this is wild. And they go back to tell Edith, his wife, and they're like, you don't understand. A miracle has happened on this farm. I don't know what is up with the spider and this pig, but this is some pig and this is no ordinary spider. And so like people start coming from all around the like the region driving up in their cars to come visit this some pig <laughs> right because it's the word spreads and there's like a little sentence where um they talk about them neglecting their work on the farm 
and I thought it was gonna be a for a second like turn into a little tale about like getting into showbiz and neglecting your duties, but they don't they don't develop that. It also sounds like it could pretty easily get into like being a cult. <laughs> Well, we'll get to like that, a pig, my like friend. A pig, a pig cult. <laughs> when the the next time, the next round of strangers that remarks on this web is certainly uh, a little culty. Okay. So, um, Charlotte's plan is to keep tricking these humans. They're dumb as rocks, basically, and of they are. she is going to uh, basically run an information warfare campaign against them. Mm-hmm. She's running a troll farm i think making you know, making twitter bots She's trying making to memes like, really <laughs> convince people that this pig is a big deal they're asking all the animals what word she should put in the web next and the goose is like how about terrific and charlotte's like that sounds great and wilbur's like well i'm not terrific charlotte says that doesn't make a particle of difference not a particle people believe almost anything they see in print does anybody here know how to Ooh. spell terrific uh-oh and I just, she's just making memes up there in her web. Terrific is better than some pig. Okay, so here's a question. I have a couple questions for you about the, the web writing in particular. Sure. So there, there are four compliments. Mm-hmm. They go, I believe in order, they go some pig, terrific, radiant, and humble. Yes, humble's the last one. Rank those from best to worst. For me or for the pig? For you. Like to describe me or just to like no, the just pig? like how good do you think the compliments are for the pig? I think I like some pig the most. You like some pig the most. Okay, what what's next? Um, in context, I like I like humble. You like humble? Humble's clearly the worst one. <laughs> oh, I like humble. Well, let me get to the okay. Their so reasons. okay, so humble humble is the worst one for. I'll let you talk, but I'm gonna talk first. Humble is the worst one for a couple different reasons. Well, I mean, the main reason is that it's not a great brag. And the second thing is that when you have a spider spin the word humble into a web above you, it doesn't seem that humble. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's a good argument against humble. I just feel like Charlotte was kind of out of ideas. Well, for that for in her late period. But you know, at that point that they're just playing like Dada nonsense. Because she's like, Templeton, I'm out of words. Go find me a word in the garbage. And he runs to some state fair trash and finds the word humble on a piece of paper. Okay. And then she puts that in. Same thing with Radiant, I think. It's It just seems more likely that he would have found the word like McChicken <laughs> to spin into the web. <laughs> or like, what if he found like a nudie mag or something in the woods? Like, Ew. then what would he put? steamy steamy (laughs) steamy pig i as i recall there is a bit of an effort made to not use words that could be used to describe a tasty pig uh yes i can't recall that off the top of my head but they do talk i i I just i feel like it is addressed it is addressed um i think that's around when they use radiant which there's like this weird section where like wilbur's just jumping around like he's in the x games like do i look radiant like he's doing backflips and stuff she's Mm -hmm. like i guess you look radiant it's fine. But their justification for using humble is that it has two meanings, Andrew. It means not proud, and it okay. means near the ground. That's Wilbur all over. 
He's not proud and he's near the ground. Not 100% sure that I buy that, but okay, <laughs> fine. Uh, so this is part of Charlotte's long con to keep Wilbur alive, right? We get some interludes with Fern where she is telling her parents about the adventures that these animals are having. And she's basically quoting them word for word. Mm-hmm. And she is kind of claiming that she can hear these animals. And at one point, Avery, uh, Fern's mom goes to Dr. Dorian, who looks like an off-brand Sigmund Freud. Mm-hmm. And she's like, is my daughter crazy? <laughs> she's hearing all these animals talk. And he's like, you know what? I've never heard an animal talk, but that doesn't mean anything. It's very possible that they speak. And maybe we just don't listen because we're adults and we talk too much. Mm-hmm. And then he says, you know what? She needs boys. <laughs> Does she know any boys? And listen, we're going to just round this up to an hour and <laughs> I will send you a bill. <laughs> and and Mrs. Arable is like, oh, she knows Henry Fussy. And he's like, hmm, Henry Fussy. Remarkable. Well, I don't think you have anything to worry about. And then, lo and behold, Fern does go on to become good friends with Henry Fussy. I bet she does. She leaves behind her good friend Wilbur to be with Henry Fussy. That poor Wilbur. Well, not poor Wilbur, because he is going to be a first prize pick. Um, The summer is winding down, and we know the summer is winding down, Andrew, because the crickets are singing in the grasses. Uh, And this is a direct quote. The crickets felt it was their duty to warn everybody that summertime cannot last forever. Even on the most beautiful days in the whole year, the days when summer is changing into fall, the crickets spread the rumor of sadness and change. Crickets, what are you doing? Now, crickets, this, crickets always just trying to harsh everybody's mellow. Now out this, here. yes, it transitions into Fern and Avery knowing that they have to go back to school, which is sad, and Charlotte knowing that her time is kind of coming to a close, and she knows that she's going to have to make some babies at some point. No, not really an explanation on that science, but she's going to make a bunch of babies. 514 babies, in fact, which is way too many spiders. I don't care how much this book wants me to like a spider. 500 spiders is too many spiders. Okay? Yeah. Like, even if they are these cool, like, artsy spiders that save (laughs) animals' lives. Like, I feel like that's just, that is too many spiders. That's just too many spiders. So, anyway, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves because my spider fear is showing up. And Are you scared of spiders like you're scared of gummy candies? Um, No, I'm way more scared of gummy candies, actually, than spiders. (laughs) Uh, Though I don't, I don't care for big spiders. I don't Nobody know that anybody cares for oh, big no. spiders. Actually, my little brother and his wife like big spiders, mm. like tarantulas and stuff. Like you keep it as a pet? Yeah, a bunch of them. And recently I was like, "Hey, cuz I found my old like I found my old Game Boy in a drawer somewhere and I was like, "Hey, I'm going to get this thing working again." And then I texted Nick and I was like, "Hey, do you did you end up with any of my old Game Boy stuff? And he's like, yeah, sure, I have a little bit of it, and I'll send it. And then he sent it in a box. He was like, yeah, I th- I got that box, and it had a spider in it when I got. <laughs> Somebody mailed my brother a big spider in a box, and then he used that box to send me something else. I so don't naturally like, I burned my house down. <laughs> I don't like the idea that you could just mail someone a spider. You know what that means? There could be spiders in my mail. 
every I don't single even know. day. Every single day, you could be getting spiders in the mails. Every piece of mail I've ever gotten has been touched by a spider. I just know mm-hmm. it. Oh God, it's really sucks. It's really blows. <laughs> Um, but anyway, Zuckerman is, you know, he's got his Jesus pig that he loves and he has given it a buttermilk bath and made it real pretty. He's going to take it to the fair and it's going to win first prize. They think so for just for being a good pig for you take it, give out that good pig prize. Having never been to a kind of farm oriented fair of this, I never really did 4-H or anything as a kid. Um, Laura's family has been trying to get me to go to the one out there. It just hasn't worked out timing wise. But, um, yeah, it's like you get an award for how big your pig is, I guess, and how much it looks like a pig. Um, and maybe you don't eat those pigs; you just use them to make more pigs. I guess that's how it works. Yeah, um, you got them stud pigs. <laughs> you got stud pigs. Frankly, I don't know how you would tell which ones were the stud pigs if you couldn't taste it. Like, how are you going to know which one's going to make the tastiest pigs? Because, like, you don't just want to make a bunch of pigs to look at. Like, what even is the point? These are my looking pigs. Over these here are, are my, my looking pigs, pigs, and these are my eating pigs. And never the twain shall meet. Oh, what a Romeo and Juliet story that is. Hello, I'm Lurvy. <laughs> And this is my tale, Lurvy's tale. tale. Um, so they get to the to the fair, and Templeton goes with Wilbur, and Charlotte goes with Wilbur because they're like, well, "Well, I might need to do some more spider propaganda to save your life at this fair." Well, and Templeton, I believe, is l- enticed by the promise of greasy, disgusting fair food. Yes, and this is another amazing uh, list. So, like, the other thing, kind of like that swing chapter that I read, the swing passage, um, there's a lot of good, evocative lists in this book that I think, again, are suitable for a reader that's, like, kind of learning new words all the time, but also fun to read to a kid. Um, So, like, all the stuff that Templeton is dreaming of eating is, like... Foul remains of peanut butter sandwiches, cracker crumbs, bits of donuts, cheese, popcorn fragments, frozen custard dribblings, candied apples abandoned by tired children. <laughs> like, it's, you know, your typical fair, fair. Your, your fair, fair, yeah. Your I fair, gotcha, fair. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wilbur's putting a pen next to this giant pig named Uncle. And Uncle looks like a D&D monster. He is a giant... <laughs> boar creature he is a big i think he would have a challenge rating like three or four probably yeah he's got like seven hit dice he's a monster of a pig and Mm -hmm. wilbur can't see him of course so charlotte visits him next door and is like yo this pig's wild what if he brought a spider (laughs) that just like Uncle would bring that, a scorpion. Are you kidding he, me? Uh, Uncle brought a scorpion that spelled out, that, like etched in the ground with his tail, like sweet hog. <laughs> I think, we, yes, he's like brought a jerk bug who's always insulting people in the dirt. And, like, w- and wearing sunglasses. Yeah, and smoking. Mm-hmm. Who's that scorpion that's smoking in that <laughs> pen? Who's that, who's that scorpion who's vaping in the booth next to this Wilbur pig? Listening to, like, trap music, like house music. Um, anyway, so she meets this pig named Uncle, and he's telling all sorts of, like, bad jokes. 
She's like, she's trying to figure out if he's a spring pig. And he goes, sure, I'm a spring pig. What'd you think I was? A spring chicken? Ha ha. That's a good one, eh, sister? And she's like, you suck. And <sighs> she you goes back. This pig dad <laughs> she goes back to Wilbur and she's like, one thing is certain. He has a most unattractive personality. He is too familiar, too noisy, and he cracks weak jokes. Whoa. I was like, whoa, Charlotte, that hurts a little bit. Yeah, but that's ice burn. That feel, I feel that. Um, I like weak jokes. Come on, but what? Okay, so instead of so, so let me throw this out there. Instead of Charlotte saying something else good about Wilbur, she goes over to the next pig and spells like dumb pig in a web or she or over wilbur's thing she says like i'm with stupid with an arrow pointing at uncle (laughs) yeah yeah that's good or like uncle for jail Mm -hmm. over uncle uncle for prison uncle for prison there Mm -hmm. it is that's lock him up lock him up yes um and so the the arc of the last part of the story now that we're at this fair is Charlotte is clearly like she's on point, ready to help Wilbur if he needs it. They're worried about this competition pig, and she decides to put the word humble over him to like get all sorts of attention. But she's also been building her egg sack with the 500 spiders inside of it. Um, <laughs> and she's gotten kind of weak because she is like she has to do all of her web building at night um and it's like wearing her out and she has to make 500 babies so she like knows she's gonna die pretty soon and she's sort of prepping wilbur for it like maybe she won't come back to the farm with them after this is all over right um and they wake up the next morning and uncle has already been given a blue ribbon and everyone's like well crap what are we supposed to do this stinks and of course, the very moment when uh, Homer and the rest of the Wilbur family are like crying and like trying to make Wilbur feel better or whatever, a lady walks by, sees the web, and goes, "I think I like this pig more. He's humble." Like, come on, lawn signs don't work that way. <laughs> they are not that <laughs> effective. I know that they are important to our political process, but I just don't believe it. That that lady was like, man, that's a humble. She pig. saw that sign, and that sign was the thing that changed her mind. Yep, he's not you as know, he. You know, he does look humble. Yeah, that's exactly what pig. happens. He's not as big as that other pig, but you know, he's clean, and I think he's kind of humble. Okay. Also, it sucks that all the pig competitions, like it's always you can say it's about like how the pig looks or what kind of words a spider writes above it, but it's all about the pig that's biggest in the end. That's true. I just think that's unfair. That, th- those are bad beauty standards that it's, we hold pigs to. Yeah. Cause it's unrealistic. Not, it's not like the dog show where the dogs like get to run around and do tricks. Like they're just staring at a pig and they'd be like, well, that's the best looking pig. I guess that one's pretty good. Let's go get some candy apples and eat half of them and then drop them on the ground for our friend the rat so they after this lady is like yo this pig's humble like all sorts of other people come over and they're like whoa another miracle happened and so they decide to give wilbur a special award and they announce it over the pa and of course charlotte can't go with them to the ceremony because she's too tired but she like listens to it and like this is her hour of triumph and uh, the guy who's in charge of the awards at the at the fair um, 
he presents Homer with this distinguished pig award um, for like bringing all of these extra people to the fair and to our great state. Sure. And he says, many of you will recall that never to be forgotten day last summer when the writing appeared mysteriously on the spider's web in Mr. Zuckerman's barn, calling the attention of all and sundry to the fact that this pig was completely out of the ordinary. This miracle has never been fully explained, although learned men have visited the Zuckerman pig pen to study and observe the phenomenon. <laughs> it, in the last analysis, we simply know that we are dealing with supernatural forces here, and we should all feel proud and grateful. In the words of this spider's web, ladies and gentlemen, this is some pig. This is the pig cult, Andrew. We are dealing with supernatural forces. Bow to this awesome pig. Our pig is an awesome pig. Yeah, for real. Like 2,000 years from now, there's a, there is a religion based around this pig that is... That a spider, that a sexy spider yeah. foretold was a sexy lady spider. So he, of course, is spared, and Charlotte knows that Homer will never kill this special chosen pig. And she's like, Wilbur, I am not going to make it, but you will live to enjoy the beauty of the frozen world. Actual quote. <laughs> What? Because he gets to see winter. I know what she means, but that's not what she said. <laughs> and she says that by helping you, I was trying to lift up my lift my life up a trifle. And she's got her egg sack, but uh, they they're not sure what will happen to it at the fair. So he takes it back to the farm with him. So like he's like wearing his medal and he's carrying it in his mouth and stuff, uh, which is kind of gross but kind of sweet. And at the farm, the egg sac hatches, and like five hundred spiders come flying out, and they're all like waving at him and like talking really quietly, and that's terrifying. Uh, but they all fly away except for three of them, and they stay with Wilbur, and like they have names and they have babies and stuff. Um, and then like at the end, it's just Wilbur. Being like, you know, this is great. I met all these cool spiders, uh, but they'll never, I'll never forget Charlotte. Uh, it is not often that someone comes along who is a true friend and a good writer. Charlotte was both. Which is just a sweet way to end a book about a pig that almost died a bunch of times. I don't want to ruin the mood right here at the end. Uh-huh. But... To call Charlotte a good writer <laughs> when her final work, like the inspiration for her final work was, could you please go find me a word in the trash that could plausibly be used to describe a pig? Yeah. Is that what we're calling good writing for the purposes of this book? Compared to E.B. White, that is that's bad writing. <laughs> now maybe he should. It doesn't sound. I'm just as trying good. to put things in perspective. You know, I just call them as, like I see them. It doesn't sound as good to say. Uh, it is not often that someone comes along who is a true friend and a good typesetter. Charlotte was both. It's good. Like, tell me, tell me, remind me how the kerning is on these webs. Are they pretty it's good. Pretty, pretty good, kerning? good. Let me find the first image you get. It's uh, actually. The way it's drawn, it's white lettering against a black background. I think sure, just to that's like, classic. Yeah, just to really uh, drive it pop. home. Yeah, 
and it's kind of terrifying. It looks a little Edward Gorey, <laughs> sure. uh, but yeah, it's very legible. Um, all caps, good, you know, penmanship. I'm surprised that she was able to get an exclamation point to read in her web. Um, That's yeah, that is impressive. So, so good, good typist. Yeah, good graffiti artist. Some, some Banksy. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Uh, so we've been goofing. It's a fun. It's a fun kids book. But I'm also just very impressed by how deftly and kind of bluntly it handles death like as i said first page wilbur should have been killed and then low-key he's just gonna get eaten by the person who cares for him uh all of us (laughs) well and then he becomes good friends with the spider and then she has to die and circle of life plays you know did you read the the way that she dies, like the word, did you read the words um, out loud? I, because I, they're like etched into my brain. No oh, one was with her when she died. Oh yeah, that is really sad. Because they hey, leave this her spider there. was great, but we all die alone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're right. Here it is. Oh, let me read it. I'm surprised you did because that is. Oh, you're like, right. You say Charlotte's Web, and I'm like, oh, no one was with her when she died. <laughs> Oh no! Some pig. He was shoved in the crate, and he looked at her, and he gave her a wink, and she waved goodbye, and goodbye. She said, uh, she summoned all her strength and waved one of her front legs. I'm just gonna read this, and maybe I'll cry. We'll see. She okay, never moved again. Next day, as the Ferris wheel was being taken apart, and the racehorses were being loaded into vans, and the entertainers were packing up their belongings and driving away in their trailers, Charlotte died. The fairgrounds were soon deserted. The sheds and buildings were empty and forlorn. The infield was littered with bottles and trash. Nobody of the hundreds of people that had visited the fair knew that a gray spider had played the most important part of all. No one was with her when she died. Yeah, man, like that's ugh. wild. <laughs> okay. That stinks. So we all die alone. We all die alone Charlotte's amidst Web. the garbage of fun times. Mm-hmm. Oof. So, uh, how you doing? <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's Some so pig, nice. Huh? She's so nice to him. There's She's no really nice to she... him because there's no there's no indication that he is actually in any way an exceptional person. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he doesn't it's really... It's really just this sophisticated propaganda campaign that convinces us that he's a noteworthy pig. Yeah, and she's kind of like, I've seen enough pigs, or like the sheep has probably seen enough pigs die, maybe I'll save this pig. But she's never like, this is the pig worth saving. He doesn't do anything for the other animals that like helps them, you know? Mm-hmm. He's not like teaching a a baby sheep to like read or something also how do they know how to spell how do they know what (laughs) words are how do they know how to read we can't get stuck in this or we'll be here all night because that is something else you just have to accept that they can read and write but they're not like great at it yeah and like why is the spider smarter than all the other animals because she does seem to have like like she talks like she's been to college. <laughs> if you maybe wanted she has to, been to college. Maybe she went to Spider College. I don't know. 
She studied engineering, I bet. Everybody studies engineering at Spider College. A arachnid university. Oh, God. Meet me on the octod instead Stop. of the quad. Stop Get it. it. Quit. That's all I got. <laughs> Charlotte's Web, huh? How'd you feel about it? It's other than sad. About other than the sad. Dying at the I, had a lot of, I had a lot of fun with this book. It's a really fun book. Um, I don't know that there's much else to say except that the characters are the animals that are not Charlotte Templeton and Wilbur are like suitably not super memorable. Like, I mean, they're just there to be kind of the chorus. Yeah, they're they're an effective animal chorus that yells sometimes and is like you know tolling the bell for his in, his imminent doom. Um, right, but it's not. It's not a animal event. It's not like animals banding together for this. Gra- it's not like a. I think you have to go to Charlotte's Web too <laughs> for the yeah. Wilbur's Great Adventure or whatever it's called. Go, for the, well, yes, for the like Milo and Otis style, <sighs> whatever that is about. Um, and yeah, it's also interesting to read a book that is very clearly for kids that has kids in it, and yet. Um, they are not the main characters, and there are obviously other books like this. But that's always another. That's always an interesting tack when a story takes it that way, um, because like Fern, it is not about Fern's relationship to this pig. It's about this pig's relationship to a spider. Right, because Fern kind of as she becomes more interested in boys and less interested in this pig, <laughs> she says. Yes. She sort of fades away into the background of the story. Yeah, like she's spending time at the fair, like picturing being stuck on the Ferris wheel with Henry Fussy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Avery just wants to go play like fair games and stuff. So, like, the kids kind of fade into the background as uh, Wilbur becomes more and more radiant mm-hmm. and humble and terrific. And some pig. <laughs> some pig. Well, that was some podcast, Andrew. Some podcast. I'm sorry it took me over 250 episodes to read this book that you were excited for me to read. It's cool. Maybe in another five years you can read Stuart Little. We'll see. Just mark your calendars. <laughs> uh, as I said, thanks again to Jordan for recommending this book to us. Um, Andrew will tell you more about our Patreon project in just a second. If we skipped over your favorite part of Charlotte's Web or you... Ha- have actually seen Charlotte's Web 2 and would like to tell us what happens, please uh, shoot us an email at overduepod at gmail.com or hit us up on social media, twitter.com slash overduepod or facebook.com slash overduepod. A couple of folks, we're recording this one a little out of time, but I do want to give a shout out to some folks who've reached out to us, including Steve, Jess, Grace, Liam, Ruby, Elizabeth, Cindy, Kara, Melissa, and Alexis. Andrew, if folks want to know more about the show, where should they go? When, when you say out of time, you just mean before the last possible second. <laughs> Yeah, not on our normal schedule where a week has elapsed where folks can like tweet at us. Yes, exactly. Um, if you want to find out more about the show, as ever, we are up at OverduePodcast.com. Up there, you can find links to iTunes, Google Play, and RSS. Those are all ways you can subscribe to the show and get new episodes when they come out every Monday. And also bonus episodes when they happen to happen. Um, and like Craig said, we have a link up there to our Patreon project. Not only can you... Uh, support the show in a bunch of different ways but if you uh if you support us at a certain level 
you can give us a book you want us to read and we'll bump it up to the top of our list. There's also a bunch of other stuff and some new stuff coming uh, next month that we will tell you about when it happens. But we're we have been talking about it and we're excited about it, but also ashamed about it. So. You'll find <laughs> out. Oh, you will find out. Uh, I don't think there's anything else. What am, what am I reading? I'm reading Gone with the Wind next week, and I am in denial about the amount of work it is going to take to finish this book in time. So that'll be cool. You can do it. I believe in you. Okay. You're some Andrew. I believe in you. Some Andrew. I'm terrific. Radiant, even. What word would you want in your web to describe you? Does it have to be an adjective? Yes, because it's a descriptive word. It, well, some pig isn't an adjective. Well, so what is what would it be if it wasn't an adjective? Enthusiast. Enthusiast. Yeah, mine would say raconteur. <laughs> I do. I just wanted a Twitter bio in my web, like dad humorist. Oh, that's good. Writer. Also, I did make a note that I think. I know we're ending this podcast, but I think if a if a pig woke up and a spider had written something about it in a web these days, it'd be on Twitter for like two days and we'd never think of it again. No, we never would. It would be like those llamas that got loose that time. What llamas? Are you talking about that dress? Yeah. Is it red? Wait, no, it wasn't red. Is it gold? Is it blue? What? I don't know. Some pig. Whatever. <laughs> Some dress. Some dress. End the show. Okay, uh, this has been Charlotte's Web, featured by Overdue, a podcast about the books you've been reading to read. My name has been Andrew. My name has been Craig. And what? everybody, until next week, try to be happy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.